In 2002, Ethan Allipat was the general manager of Stone's Throw Records. During that spring, the label decided to fly out a mysterious underground rapper to LA in hopes of creating an album with a talented beat producer on their roster. They had also promised to pay him $1,500, which they soon realised after paying for the flights they didn't actually have. The first thing his manager did was get me in my bedroom, which was also the office, and corner me about the 1500 bucks, Alipat says. I realised that if she was in here, then her client was with our producer out there, and the longer I kept up this charade with her, the longer they'll vibe and maybe it all might work out. As it turns out, they did vibe. Eventually the financial issues were ironed out, and a contract between the label and the two talents was signed on an old paper plate. Their relationship entered a state of complete symbiosis. In a haze of marijuana smoke, alcohol, Thai food and old vinyl records, the two men began wordlessly producing one of the most critically acclaimed hip-hop albums of all time. As producer Otis Jackson Jr. described, I'll hand him a beat CD, I go to sleep, he'll work on some music, he'll go to sleep, I'll wake up, I'll make some more beats, listen to what he did. We hardly spoke, said rapper Daniel Dumoulet of the recording. It was more of telepathy. We spoke through the music. The recording process was not without its troubles, while working on the album on a trip to Brazil the unfinished demo was stolen and leaked on the internet 14 months before its official release. But the pair doubled down, lighting a creative spark in each other that saw them re-record and rebuild the album again and again, elevating it to legendary status. Both men became synonymous with the project, and following Dumoulet's death in October 2020, it remains his clear magnum opus, a landmark in alternative hip-hop and a stark reminder to everyone, all caps when you spell the man's name. Upon its release on March 23rd, 2004, Mad Villainy was quickly lauded as one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, pinpointed as both Mad Libs and MF Doom's respective masterpieces. Of course, it wasn't the only rap album to be released that day. As it turns out, Master P also released his double album, Good Side, Bad Side, that day, to mild reviews and modest chart success. How does it stack up against Mad Villainy? Why does Master P need to find a lawyer so badly? And what is Pedro's dark past as a no-limit soldier? We're gonna find out. Welcome to When Albums Collide. Welcome to the When Albums Collide podcast. Judd Boaz and Pedro Duran with you. My co-host Pedro, how are things, my good man? Yes, things are good, Judd. How are you? How are you? Good. I'm doing well. I'm just enjoying a little bit of the blood. Uh, next to me, I've cracked open a bottle of wine. It's my first time drinking in a while uh, mm. because to date this podcast, and more importantly, to put pressure on me to edit it in time, uh, we've gone into five-day lockdown in Victoria because of some outbreak of some strange disease that I won't uh, name or anything like that. So I'm drinking. I'm breaking my like two-week streak of not drinking uh, just for this podcast, and I'm very excited to be doing it, Pedro. Congratulations. Congratulations. I've been doing the opposite. I've been drinking almost every day, almost because of the unnamed disease that's uh, uh, taking over our lives on the daily and stuff like that. So I congratulate you for uh, being a little more restrained than I. Honestly, as soon as that sweet, sweet red touches your lips, once it hits your lips, it's so good. <laughs> 
You know, once it hits <laughs> yeah. your lips. The quote old school. Nice one. Today, it's very exciting also when we get to do albums that uh, both of us have a sort of opposite understanding of. I'm very familiar with one album. You're very familiar with the other. And hopefully we can come to some sort of consensus or understanding between the two of us by the end of today. Yes. We are reviewing Mad Villains, Mad Villainy, which is Mad Lib and MF Doom, and Master P's Good Side slash Bad Side. Both came out on exactly the same day in March 2004. Pedro, you mentioned Master P to me, and I had only heard rumblings of who this human being was. Can you tell me who is Master P? Yes, uh, Master P, or a.k.a. Percy Robert Miller, uh, is the stage name for this uh, American rapper, entrepreneur, actor. Uh, he was actually a former basketball player, too. I mean, Master P was really my introduction into rap because uh, uh, growing up in Florida in 1996, 1997, his music was everywhere. Just he was that dude. Um, so just growing up, uh, as particularly in high school, people would just pass on his CD to me and you could not escape his music. And I thought he was like the, the illest dude because he was just so raw and gangster and stuff like that. And I was a, a master P and a no limit, uh, uh, stand or a no limit soldier, as they would say. And bro, I had everything. I had like the no limit chain. Like I went out and bought like one of those fake silver chains. <laughs> I bought a, t- a t-shirt. I bought all the merchandise and I would like rock that or, or around, uh, uh, the the local shopping center or mall and just thinking I was the, the biggest gangster or whatever. But um, yeah, I, and I bought all, I was, I was, I bought into it. I got all the albums that he released under the No Limit Records label, uh, which includes things like Little Romeo, his son, who is uh, actually featuring on this album. Oh, yes, he does. Yeah, I had the soundtrack and the, and the DVD to I Got the Hookup. Um, I was all in. I was all in. And then I was sad when he announced that he would retire from rap with his uh, double album. Uh, it was called The Last Dawn. And I was like, oh, shit, this is it. This is the end of an era. This is the end and of then- rap music as we know it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then shortly after he released his retirement album, he came out with a comeback album <laughs> called Game Face. And after that, I was kind of like, what space? Fucking... What's the space? Like, how how much? How long are we talking in between retirement to comeback? Um, I think the last dawn. Well, it came out uh, nineteen ninety eight, and then um, the comeback album was in two thousand and one. If um, if so, I'm basically not... just a normal length of time between albums. Really, it wasn't really a yeah, retirement. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. And that was the first time I ever learned that. Like, wow, sometimes people would uh say they're going to retire from entertainment as a publicity stunt. Hence, like, bands like the Rolling Stones, you know what I mean? When they say, like, this is a final world tour. Also, John does that all the time. Uh, and a- after that, I was out of it. I was just kind of like, oh, kind of fuck this guy. And um, I-, I still listen to the old uh, old tracks on my Spotify playlist. I might venture here and there to some new stuff to see what he's up to. I do follow him on Instagram and Twitter just to see what he's up to. The uh, last thing I saw that, um, because of this whole uh, controversy with Aunt Jemima. You heard about this, right? No, I did not know about this. Because so like Aunt Jemima, the, it's a caricature of, uh, of a stereotypical slave. The U.S. has been arguing about political correctness and stuff like that and whether they're going to take Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben brands off, you know, the shelves. Aunt Jemima being like a, it's like a pancake syrup. Yeah, ma- yeah. Like logo, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, Master P thought of the 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 grand idea. He was like, I'm just going to make my own pancakes. So he put out recently his own pancake line. So you can get Master P pancakes. Master P the pancake man, dare yes, I say exactly. it. Yes, exactly. episode 13 for that, I want to say. Yes, Kevin Federline, yeah. Um, so that's, that's the shocking thing, doing the research into this. And we will get to the albums. But the amount of money that Mr. Miller, a.k.a. Master P, actually has... Because, you know, you don't, you don't think, obviously we've seen the videos that they're all blinged out and they're like riding around in Lambos, but we assume that it's a bit conceited and it's a bit done for the show. You know, they're not actually doing all that. He's right. actually a very wealthy man, much like 50 Cent got very wealthy off vitamin water. Um, Master P was very wealthy to the point where Forbes magazine listed him as one of America's 40 highest paid entertainers in 1998 with an estimated income of $56.5 million. Mm. Not to be outdone, in 2009, he earned more than $661 million, making him the highest paid hip-hop entertainer in the world at the time. I'm guessing not from music, but from his business ventures. And then later it says, in 2013, Miller's wealth is estimated to be $200 million. So in the space of four years, he somehow blew through $461 million. But mm. it's still very impressive. He's still very wealthy. Let's talk about the, the actual music here, and we will get to Mad Villain, Mad Lib, and MF Doom. But for good side, bad side, Master P, very interestingly, both of the albums we're covering today are actually off independent labels. This is Master mm-hmm. P's first independent album with Kosh Records after leaving Universal, and MF Doom and Mad Lib for Mad Villainy are coming off Stone's Throw Records, which is a, a well-vaunted uh, sort of hip-hop label. And Master P is continuing a beautiful tradition of double albums in hip-hop. You mentioned he had an earlier double album. Uh, but also, there was a bit of a resurgence in 2004, you might remember, Outcasts, The Speaker Box, slash The Love Below, when Andre 3000 and Big Boy each did two albums and they put them together. And also Nelly's Suit and Sweat, like one was like hype, hype, like R&B, sexy bangers for the club, and one of them was like pump up jams for the gym. And it came out as Sweatsuit, the double album. Yes. Um, so this is, I don't know if you remember any of this, I do. Yes. It was, as yeah. a child. So this is very, very uh, popular, the double album. What it actually means, though, and as we go to find out, is you have enough material for one album, and you want to do a double album, so you just pad it with filler, which is what we will find out. <sighs> yes, definitely, man, definitely. And I also think it's a marketing thing, because you know each disc on a double album gets counted. So let's say if you put out a double album, you sell 5 million copies, it actually counts as 10 million. So you... Is that right? Is go, that right? That's correct, yeah. So you technically go diamond. So the so fact that ha- this only sold 40,000 copies means it actually only sold how many copies? Yeah, exactly. Twice that. So... uh yeah, he's a, a, a constant, constant entrepreneur. He's the head of the game. Let's get into it. Let's dive into these albums track by track. Pedro, let's start with the Master P album. It starts off with Act a Fool, starring mm-hmm. the incomparable Little John, who is probably, in 2004, almost certainly at the peak of his powers just usually just doing his ad-libs which uh can you do the ad-libs for us what are his most famous ad-libs oh i think of course everyone knows i I think dave Chappelle does them even better but it's that yeah and uh okay and of course the what yeah as in what turn down for yes turn down for what yeah turn down for what and he says it probably a hundred times in this song personally 
personally, I thought this song was wonderful. It, as a relic, in the same way I would go through the Smithsonian and look at antiques from a bygone era and look <laughs> at, like, man, these swords are cool, this suit of armor is cool. Act of Fool is a relic from a bygone age that we have forgotten. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a typical Kronk song. Um, I mean... I mean, explain, explain, to the kids at, explain to the kids at home what Kronk is. Well, uh, young, young children, um, there was a time where there was um, a genre of music called Kronk that dominated the airwaves. Crunk is basically to hip hop what mosh is to rock, I would say. Um, it's repetitive lyrics. Um, it's all about being in the club, throwing bows, like stomping your feet, um, fucking up that dude over there because he looked at you a certain way. And that's basically it. And people just, you know, get into uh, the the middle of the floor and just kind of bounce around and throw elbows and, and things like that. It's almost it's a hip hop version of mosh, I would say. Uh, uh, so it's that. But the, the the music is typically a lot of synthesizers, repetitive lyrics, some kind of chanting. So the uh, hook, for instance, might be just like, "Hey, fuck them up, fuck them up," or "Get them down, get them down," and so forth and so forth. loud and just made for the club and for people to to while out but um this has all those elements repetitive lyrics it talks about fighting people um as a as a masterpiece connoisseur um it is a different <laughs> style i know it's funny to say that but it's a different style because compared to his older stuff he was never he never did a crunk style it's more he's always like dirty south kind of gangster selling drugs and you know living that hood life and stuff so um it was it was interesting to um, that he opened up his album with this kind of track. Um, it's 2004, so I think coming back into the to the music scene, he was really trying to follow the trends and trying to capitalize on what was really popular. I mean, you hit it right there because even like when you talk about Dirty South music, Dirty South music music sort of moved towards this more crunk style. I think of like. Um, early Three Sex Mafia, where you listen to them, it's really down tempo, really like slow beat. It's it's actually modern trap they invented in the nineties, and then right. they started moving to this crunk thing of like sipping on some scissor because it was popular, and they're like, oh, people like party songs now. And then towards the end of the career, they moved back to trap things because trap became popular again. So right. it's definitely Master P. He's like, oh, what's hot right now? Lil John is really hot. Let's get him on. Um, and I mean, I mean, I mentioned that Lil John is on this, but there is a cavalcade. This is a posse album. You mentioned the whole No Limit brand. Everyone's a No Limit soldier, and it, uh, many people have gone through the, the 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 roster of No Limit, right? Yeah, even Snoop Dogg himself. Um, even even Snoop Dogg himself. Mr. Menulog. Mr. Menulog. <laughs> Mr. Mariah Carey's Magical Christmas Adventure. But even like someone like Mr. Carl, um, I don't think he's in it at this point, though, right? He's he's no. moved on from No Limit. But like, fuck, he he realizes I've got this inexplicably long double album to fill, so the features come thick and fast. Lil John, Currency, Alley Boy, Fat Trell, Liberty, Yukon, Desperado, Velquan, Lil Romeo, Official, Silk the Shocker, Teresa Esclavon, Suya. It goes on and on. He is. Filling this up. And one thing I want to say about that is with the exception of Silk the Shocker and Little Romeo, all the everyone else is new to the No Limit label. Nobody that was there on the heyday is on this record. So um, it's interesting that 
this is like Degrassi, the new generation. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, and I'd also really like that he's just one line. I got my own clothing line, so fuck Gucci and Prada. He's referring to his own cl- his own clothing line, Money Yachty, which does mm. both men and women's clothing. And you can enjoy free shipping on all orders within the US. It also ships worldwide for a fee. And as you can imagine, it's ugly as fuck. Oh, perfect. You don't know much about MF Doom and, and Mad Lib. You said you hadn't listened to this album. So give me your, as a Master P connoisseur, the illest villain and then accordion comes on what are you thinking well yeah when accordion comes on i i I like i like the sound of the beat i like the the accordion loop um i thought it was it was dope um and the thing with going into this album and my uh i guess my impression or my prejudgment of mf dune he is a rapper that is oh what would you say like yeah, he's a rapper's rapper, and a lot of people listen to him because he's not necessarily, um, I guess, mainstream. I guess he doesn't make really commercial music. I've heard about, I've heard some of his songs in the, in the, in the past, and one thing about it is that I just, I sometimes I just can't get with his flow, and I think with this song as well, kind of uh, solidifies <laughs> my idea on that. It, I don't know if he's rapping like stream of consciousness. Or he, I don't know his writing style. I'm, I would be really interested to know how he he writes his lyrics because it's just it, it rhymes. But sometimes I just don't feel like it makes too much sense. You, does that make sense where where I'm coming from? I mean, let, let's tackle it. By the way, I love yeah. this album. So so okay, yeah, it's all right. The intro, the illest villains, is so characteristic of both Madlib style and MF Doom style. You've got this kaleidoscopic, plunderphonic journey through these old television shows and movies they've ripped samples off and radio grabs, and they create the introduction for their characters for this evening, and they will be playing the supervillains. They are supervillain characters that are taking over the world. Uh, and then we get Accordion, which is this ridiculous sample of Daedalus's experience, and it's turned into this grindy, janky beat. So this, especially, this song was a freestyle. You can tell it's a freestyle. It's one of the first beats that uh, Doom heard off it, and it happened to be a catchy beat, so he was just freestyling and writing it down as he listened to it, which is why it isn't prepared. But there are no real hooks on this album. There are no mm. hooks, no choruses. This album is not about songs or hooks, and I think going into it expecting, oh, like, I'll play this song at a party, and I'll play this song, and I'll play this like doesn't really work. It's more about short snippets and moments and clips of genius. Most of the songs are like 90 seconds to 120 seconds long. They're not right. songs, as it were. They're moments and brief snatches, and they take these beats, and, and he just flows over them. So it's much more, I guess, stream of consciousness is, is how you go. Compared to Master P, which is as, about as paint-by-numbers crunk music as you can get, it's very different. Yeah, and, and, that's, and I actually had that, uh, um, that written in my notes. It's paint-by-numbers uh, on the album, as, as far as crunk. There is some remnants to his old Dirty South style, and then there's going to be some remnants of uh, another popular rapper at the time who get to it but comparing mad villainy um yeah because i go into it thinking i'm gonna listen to music you know what i mean with hooks and (laughs) it is music no well come on you know what like what i listen there's a difference between music that's very experimental and things like that and music that's you know a hook right right, a hook a chorus a hook especially when we rap like 16 bars and then a hook and stuff like that so so that's when i went into uh, expecting um with this uh with this um mf doom album and um yeah when i went into i was like oh okay so it's, it's different not that it's 
terrible. Not at all. I, I really I appreciate it in the sense that it's like a rapper's rapper's album. Like you can definitely learn a lot and pick out some things, his flows and his rhyme styles. Um, it's definitely something you can learn from and uh, something to be appreciated. Because the same with uh, Meat Grinder, which there's a couple of samples. There's a Frank Zappa sample here, and then also uh, Lou Howard and the All-Stars Hula Rock. Considering what's on the radio at the time, 2004, I just mentioned, so like Roses by Outkast would be a really big song. Nelly would have a lot of big songs on the thing. This sounds like nothing that's on the radio, and still really doesn't. I really like Meat Grinder, man. There's some good lines in it. Borderline schizo, sort of fine tits, though. Pour the wine, hoard a grind, quarter to nine, let's go. It it just has a nice rhythm to it that goes with this, like, crunchy beat that he's he's put together. Yeah, and he does that a lot, and, and that's what I, I, I do appreciate. He can rap, and... Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he has a stamp of approval. <laughs> yes. I mean, no, no, I'm saying he can rap, and, like, the flow and the way he puts his words together and stuff like that, but sometimes, and some, it works, we'll get into it, there's, there's rhymes, and I was like, oh, that's pretty dope, but also there's sometimes where I'm just kind of like, mm, all right, well... Does that, that doesn't even make sense. Like one um, uh, rhyme or bar that I really like from this is um, when he goes, the worst hated God who perpetrated odd favors demonstrated in the perforated rod lavers. And I was like, all right, in all quad flavors, Lord, Lord save us. Lord save us, yeah. Yeah, so um, so he's got that, or c- continuing that rhyme that you just spit, he goes, 10, 11, glad she made a brethren, then his last dial, seven alligators, seven advocates, I have a knock and no answer, slow dancer, hopeless romancer, dopest flow. Like, it's, it's very dense though, right? Like, it's so dense. Yeah, exactly. But when I really break it down, I'm just kind of like, hmm. I don't know. Maybe like I need to dumb down. I don't know. Maybe maybe I, if there was a middle ground of MF Doom and Master P, where <laughs> oh, the dumbness of Master P and the and the high art of MF Doom came together, you might just have Jay Z or three thousand. You know what I mean, Andre three thousand. That's so interesting because like if you took out if for people that haven't listened, if, if you took out both of these men, Madlib the producer and MF Doom the rapper, and put them on their separate projects, they're much more conventional. So Madlib, mm. his projects with Freddie Gibbs, they have, you know, song structure, very just rapping about dealing drugs, like gangster rap, and it's awesome. And then you take MF Doom's raps, where he produces it himself, and the songs also have hooks, and they're a bit, bit more traditional. But you take Madlib's wild samples, like the beats he's making out of these samples are so bizarre and so weird, and then you take the rhyme structure of MF Doom, and you put them together, it's like the peak of out there rap, and it's so weird, but... Hey, man, it works for me. I really, I really like it. Let's go to Master P. There's We All We Got. I didn't have much for We All We Got, just a really soulful track. It's starting to come more and more apparent with songs like Who Wants Some. First of all, the Air Raid Siren at the start, very mid-2000s. Love that. Yeah, yeah. And the gruff style of rapping, very Dirty South rapping, thinking of 3-6 Mafia, thinking of Gucci Mane, who I believe Master P was managing or worked with a lot i didn't understand this album is segmented in two halves good side bad side this sounds like the bad side but it's not it's the good side it makes no sense like all these songs are so hard and crunk why is this called the good side Ooh, i don't know because you're right because then there's a portion of the album where it's kind of there's a lot of female tracks you know like hey girl yeah and that's on the bad side yeah ladies tracks are on the bad side yeah i mean (sighs) Maybe they just got it mixed up during the production and uh, they put one disc in the wrong place and that's what happened. Or maybe just Master P just doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. I I, I don't know. With uh, we All We Got, yeah, it's an anthem song. I, I was listening to this and I was like, I can imagine DMX actually on the song, just taking the speed and kind of probably doing something a little bit better, you know? 
for me, this was a very typical uh, Master P style. Like I said, I am a connoisseur, maybe even a historian of his uh, discology, um, discography, excuse me, where, and, and you'll find out in a lot of his music, he utilizes a lot of noise or, or kind of sounds or calls in his song. So, um, like, a, I don't know if they ever made it out to the Australian shores. You ever heard a song called Hootie Who? That sounds familiar, but it might have just been a, a phrase that was shouted at me uh, from, a, from a moving vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, it was uh, originated from Master Pete. It was, it was a time period where he was, like, trying to make some kind of phrase, and Hootie Who was that song. And I remember he was like, Hootie Who, Hootie Who, that's the call for the troop. Hootie Who. So, it was just that. So, um I think he try to use use he tries to utilize that in this song, but this song does have his signature. Uh I'm sure you know about that. He's famous for. Can you expand? Tell, tell the kids at home why 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 it's famous. Well, rappers have a lot of ad libs. You know, DMX, as I mentioned before, he he barks. Um, Jada Kiss, he does the Jada Kiss kiss. He goes Mwah, on the track. And for some reason, Master P um, just does a long uh. And um, <laughs> going back to one of his biggest records, um, Ghetto, Ghetto D, Ghetto Dope, he makes a whole skit about it. Um, and in the skit, I, and I, rem- I always remember this because this was like always joked about in high school. There is some dude that calls No Limit Records and he goes, No Limit Records, who is this? He's like, This is P. He was like, P. He's like, Yeah, this is P. Uh, if this is P, let me hear you say, uh, and he does a, a ridiculous, like, uh, and he goes, this is not P. And then the song, make him say, uh, one of his biggest hits starts off. Who this is? Who this is? Look at this rapper, Fote. Who is this? Oh, uh, this is P. P? Yeah, this P. P? Yeah. P, let me hear you say, uh. Uh, uh, uh. This ain't no motherfucking P. Man. Thanks, But um, yeah, and hit one of his biggest hits, Make Him Say On, was like an anthem. And that was just a thing that a lot of people did. And to the point that it became so much of his uh, personality that other rappers would make fun of it. I remember there's a line where Eminem says, um, I'm always rapping on the toilet and sounding like Master P. And then he does an uh in the background. Like he's taking, yeah, I'm always rapping and taking a shit when I'm rapping like Master P. So, uh, so yeah, that was a, a big uh, thing that Master P was all about. And then with um, Who Wants Some, very similar to a previous song on the album. It's another anthem that uses horns. But I found that fire alarm thing in the background. It gets annoying after a while for me, man. It gave me like a bit of a headache after yeah, three minutes. Yeah, I'm glad that's passed us by in, in the year 2021. Exactly. And uh, so it's that. But I, th- I thought uh, it was funny that he tries to reference, uh, he tries to make a reference to uh a song by R. Kelly and Jay-Z, uh, the song Fiesta, when he goes, like, after the party, it's the hotel lobby and after the party and all that stuff. So he's trying to stay relevant with what's going on in the in the world of hip-hop. Master P, colon, trying to stay relevant. That's a very good name for this album. <laughs> yeah. Let him go. He has a nice little reference to the, I ain't the yin-yang twins, but you know I like to skeet, skeet. 
Love that. Yeah. And uh, I really like Currency, who is on this track, and he's on several tracks. He's a prolific rapper. He drops like 12 mixtapes a year or something ridiculous, and yeah. released a really great project with Freddie Gibbs a couple of years back, and he's a, he's a no-limit soldier till the day he dies, you know? Perfect. Um, or until uh, they fire him. Yeah, so. until they fire him. Yeah, with Let Him Go, I do like that beat. Um, I just think it's funny. It's a song that, you know, Master P advises you on what to do when your romantic partner turns out not to be the person you want to be. And and if uh, this person is an avid patron of the club scene, hey, just let him go. Just let him go. Very mature. We get to perhaps the most instantly gratifying song on Mad Villainy, I would say. Still no hook, no chorus or anything, and the beat's incomprehensible. It's a mix of samples between Bill Evans and Omar Milito and Quarteto Formas' America Latina. <laughs> Madlib turns it into a fantastic beat. Med or Metaphor has a great guest verse here. He just banged it out in a hotel room in Brazil on a little portable turntable, made the beat, and I love this beat. I love this song. If I was to introduce someone to the album, it would probably be Raid, the song I'd show them, just because it's the most instantly you can get with it. And I think Doom just goes crazy on this verse. Yeah, well, it was, I thought it was good. It's, it's simple, which makes it really good. Uh, you know, was, I thought it was interesting. It's one of the few tracks with an actual feature on the album. Very rare, yeah. Also very rare. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I thought, it, I, thought it was, I thought it was really good. One of the standout tracks on, on the album. And, like, really, I just love the, the verse, Trippin' to date the metal fellow, been rippin' flows since New York plates was ghetto yellow with broke blue writin'. This is too exciting. Folks leave out the show feelin' truly enlightened. They say the villain been spittin' off lightin' to rock shock the boogie down to Brighton. Aight then. Yeah. Oh, man, it, it just goes so well. See, see, like, that's fine. So, But if he does a little bit more of that, because that actually makes sense to me, you know what I mean? About the buttery flow, he needs to cut the ego. You know, trippin' to the date the metal flow been rippin', yeah, been rippin' flows. Like, that's dope but like there's other times where i just like i'm just like okay man what's i don't i don't know what he what he's like all talking about you know so what is he talking about yeah so if like even in the same song he will say you know heard a voice that sound like barry white say sure you're right don't let me find out who tried to bite they better off going to fly a kite in a firefight i was just like i get it i, I don't know i was just like all right it's almost like reaching that's too the, much that's like, the thing it's like it's an, like it doesn't really it's more freestyle incomprehensible type thing, yes right? yeah yeah um, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. they follow it up with America's Most Blunted, for me, one of the best marijuana songs ever written. Oh, I put really? this up there with, like, Hit from the Bong and Next Episode and Because I Got High. Like, it's impossible to track the 13 to 14 samples he uses during this. The beat is crazy. Uh, but Madlib is actually on this track as his alter ego, Quasimodo, Lord yeah. Quas, America's Most Blunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's another one of these, like, weed songs, and, and it's good. And, it, like, it took me a while when I listened to it the first time around to be like, oh, you know, he's um, he's doing uh, different voices, different alter egos and stuff like that. But it's it, it just reminded me of... Um, and Biggie Smalls does in Ready to Die with uh, Give Me the Loot. He does like a back and forth high pitch partner and they're talking about robbing somebody and stuff like that, which, yeah, it's fine. Um, and it's dope when MCs do that because it gives them the opportunity to um, um, experiment and tell a story or, or, or rhyme um, in a different persona. Okay, let's take a pause for the cause. We'll be back with more after this. 
Do you like music? Do you like podcasts? Do you like your hosts that are slightly eloquent with their words and well-spoken and articulate them in a perfect way? Then you can find two out of those three things on Bigger Disc. I'm your host Matt Latham and each fortnight a guest comes onto the podcast to talk about an album that they want to talk about for whatever reason they want to. We talk about the artists, we talk about the songs and we also talk about the album and we never talk about the artwork because I always forget. Other than that, we always talk about the good things and why people like what they like and you'll find that a lot in Bigger Disc. So find us on all your favourite podcatchers of choice and I look forward to finding out the discs that you're picking. Welcome back to the When Albums Collide podcast. Today we're tackling Mad Villainy by Mad Lib and MF Doom, collectively known as Mad Villain, and Master P's double album, Good Side, Bad Side, Master P continues with the first appearance from Lil Romeo, his son, on You Don't Know Me. Lil Romeo is 14 years old on here, which, hence the lack of cursing from him. Uh, Mm. And I actually know Master P's son, Lil Romeo, far better than I know Master P, if only for his song, I think it's Shine Like Me, something like that. It's a a Bow Wow diss, a little Bow Wow diss that my friend Jimmy and I would rap to each other in the playground in year eight. The reason I know him so well is because he actually had a sitcom on Nickelodeon from like 2003 onwards. Uh, they did like 50 episodes and it stars Lil Romeo as a fictionalized version of himself and also stars Master P as his father in the show. And from memory, I've watched like two episodes in my life. Like, the mum dies or something, so they get a stepmom, and it's just about Lil Romeo's adventures in the world, and the show's called Romeo. Uh, did you remember any of this? No, I did not watch that. <laughs> I did not watch that show. I was into... I had the Romeo album from back in the day. My goodness. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's how <laughs> in deep I was in. Uh, I was in. So, yeah, I had the Romeo album back in the day, um, and it's it's very much like that. It's it's just him being I don't know like kid rap you know like a little kid rapping talking about having money which is obviously his father's um, talking about you know picking up girls on his little uh, push bike and being the coolest kid in in the seventh grade or whatever or even younger it's so strange right to have your father rapping about like drug dealing killing people injuring people. And then you come on and rap like, oh, I'm so cool, everyone loves me. It's just a weird dichotomy that you're rapping on the same things. And it, uh, does it kill Masterpiece Street Cred ha- here, having his son on the album? Uh, I don't know. I mean, on this album, maybe no, because now Romeo, because I don't think he's Little Romeo at this point. I think he dropped a little and became just Romeo, right? And um, so he's a little more mature. And But I just, I mean, also at this point, even as a as a fan, from back in the day, I've kind of, for me, they lost credibility. Like I will listen to this and I'm like, Oh, it's fine. But I'm not, I'm not as into it as I would have been actually uh, back in the day. It is interesting. We talk about street credibility and we talk about a family affair because an earlier song, which I loved by the way, who them boys, which is a very South sounding song. Yeah. Great song. Really good. Maybe a little bit corny, but it got me hyped because it was. It, they don't make this kind of music anymore, or at least I ain't listening to this kind of music anymore. It's a rare treat for me. Interestingly, this is a verse from another family member. This is by C Murder, 
who is not only Master P's brother, but is also currently serving life in prison for second-degree murder, which, for a guy whose stage name is C. Murder, is probably not that much of a surprise. Yeah, and even back in the day, uh, I had C. Murder's album, Life or Death, came out in 1998. And actually, out of all of them, all those records that came out, whether it be Master P, Silk the Shocker, Romeo, even the Snoop Dogg album, I would say even to this day, see Murder's album, Life or Death, um, holds up in, in, in 2021, man. Um, so, I mean, they're still, they're still appealing to get him out of out of jail and everything, but he's still he's still serving his sentence. And he, so if you listen to this, Hood and Boys, he's actually doing this verse over the phone in prison, which explains the drop in like audio quality. It goes a little bit grainy. Street gutter, street rough, rugged road, wicked like you never saw. Let's go to walk, it's dark and hell and hot, but I think it sounds fucking awesome. By the way, I think it's like it, it's so killer. Literally, mm-hmm. the man killed it. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not condoning. I'm not condoning his behavior. You know, separate the art and the artist. And Must be actually addresses this on the next track. I think like why they want to wish death. Where he says, yes. and I'm still trying to find the right lawyer for C." You know. And I was yes, like, oh, I love God. that line. I did like that because he was like, you're, "You're trying to find the right lawyer to get your brother off." Like it's <laughs> off, maybe off maybe killing like a 16 year old boy. May, yeah, maybe it's not about just finding the right lawyer. Maybe it's just uh, hey he did the crime now he has to do the time man like <laughs> you just have to find the right lawyer to do that yeah i, I thought that was hilarious uh, a line off that another feature of course we got liberty the female rapper here also a nice change of pace to have a, a female voice on the album and this is the really the only project she was ever involved in but it's a it's a nice verse this is a hell of a track for me personally yeah why they want to wish me death yeah um I, 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 I like this one, um, but with these couple of tracks like You Don't Know Me, Who Them Boys, and Why They Want to Wish Me Deaf, these two, tr- these three tracks themselves, I was like, okay, he's really trying to find out what's popular and going with it. And it's very um, apparent with Why They Want to Wish Me Deaf because I felt like this sounded like a 50 Cent song. Oh my you know? God, exactly. It's Many Men came out the year before. Yeah. Very yeah. similar to this song. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the, even the the title almost uh, is very similar to some of the lyrics in Men and Men. It is so similar. Come on, yes, man. exactly. I mean, the year prior, two thousand three, Fifty puts out that album, Get Rich or Die Trying, to massive success. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then this song comes out. But what I thought about this track, I thought it was one of the better tracks because it's his most personal track. It's not just a a crunk song like Who Them Boys, which I do like, um, and it's not you don't know me which is kind of like a song for the ladies in the sense of keep your head up but in the sense of that too you don't know me sounds like a tupac imitation you know what i mean like keeping your head up and it's just that type of thing even the way he sounds and his tone sounds very much like tupac shakur so if we're talking about ripoffs here it's a drought is also these are all on the good side so another it's a drought is a drug song about dealing drugs should be on the bad side obviously right and that them jeans, which is your standard attempt at a sexy club banger, with right. a very similar synth line to "Yeah" by Usher and Lil John and Ludacris. Yeah, and I mean very similar and very inferior. It's just pitched down a little bit. Like I'll play them side by side, and you'll you'll know what I say. I know you ain't trying to just sneak in a club with them jeans on. Fine as you is, need the one to see you. Come on, the VIP, baby. Yeah, yeah. 
very, very similar. I mean, and so that song came out in January, and this song is coming out in March. Maybe he just, he just you know, heard it and then quickly recorded it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Little John's on the album, so maybe that inspired him as well. So, um, yeah, In Them Jeans was definitely trying to reach for that um, Usher phenomenon that, that happened. Um, and the in the year prior sick fit rainbows on mad villainy sort of instrumental pieces little things and then we get to curls which has some great opening lines villain get the money like curls just trying to get a nut like squirrels in this mad world land a milk and honey with the swirls where reckless naked girls get necklaces of pearls i mean how do you not like that pedro I mean, what a great line that is and yeah i've had a couple wines but man <laughs> dude i didn't i didn't have to read that i just i just knew it it was one of my favorite verses wow the sample of the airport uh, love theme by Walter Kamon, very good. Doom just rides it incredibly. Oh, curls, man. This song is good because it tells a coherent story, you know? It's not just a bunch of rhyming words uh, for the sake of just rhyming it. Um, and I thought it was good also because it was very short, which um, these albums are both long, man. I don't know about you, but I, I had to stop and just take a breather and stuff because these albums are very long. Maybe you prefer, you know, the the Matt Vinley, so you can go through one time through. But for me, I was just kind of like, oh, I just need a break, especially one album where it's just kind of beating me over the head with just like, like stream of consciousness, like rapping and stuff like that. And then the other one where it's just like, crunk 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 one thing i will say with curls is i do i I did like the line where um oh he goes um uh, his life is like a folklore legend why are you so stiff you need to smoke more brethren instead of trying to riff with the broke war veteran spliff made me made him swore he saw heaven he was seven you know like that growing up too fast showing up to class with a wet in a flask yeah i know yeah like it's 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 good but see like um, i don't know just me i would like it just changed a little bit of the rhyme scheme there like spliff made him swore when he was seven swore he went to heaven like it should have been that's a that's a he's trying to ride this crazy beat that's happening or is it do you think he just raps like that anyway Maybe he's trying to ride the beat. Maybe he just raps like that because at the same, you record it and then he has time to listen to it and he can go back and change it or whatever. You know more about this guy than I do. And when you're telling me that he's, it's more like stream of consciousness, he probably does it on purpose. Then I just accepted that that's his style. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, MF Doom at this point in time, 2004, is on fire. He'll release a solo project, Mmm Food, which comes out in November of 2004. So, you know, six or seven months after this, which is every bit as good, in my opinion, and another hip hop mm-hmm. masterpiece. And the previous year, he released Take Me to Your Leader under his pseudonym King Ghidorah and Vaudeville Villain. So, two albums last year as Victor Vaughn. These are much more conventional. And his previous work in KMD when he was a lot younger much more conventional like there are hooks and there are beats so this is way different i I wouldn't judge all of mf doom but it's the the sort of witticism and the lyricism is there but he's in a very creatively rich period of his life and this is the most probably avant-garde he's gonna get Mm. but so too is mad lib who's just come off a wonderful shades of blue remix um where he cut up samples from blue note records and made some amazing tracks check it out and a pretty underrated house album as well so they're like really pushing how creative and avant-garde they can get. If you don't like this, and I, I can understand, it's it's a grower, not a shower. Let's put it that way. And but check out like um, the mouse and the mask, which is much more accessible, or um, food, which is much more successful and uh, much more accessible as well. But I I really liked it, man. 
Despite the Master P album being almost twice as long, it feels half as dense because there's way less right. going on in it, right? And there's so much, almost too much going on in Mad Villainy for one listen. Right, right, right. Like, I don't have enough space to write everything I want to say about Mad Villainy. Um, and I compare it to, remember when we did De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising? Where there's right. so many samples and so much going on. And that album was like over an hour long. It's impossible to do it all. You know, the way Mad Lib is switching up his own voice on Shadows of Tomorrow, where it sounds like two people rapping when it's really only one person rapping. You've got right. the samples coming in. You've got echoes and whispers. It's like a posse album, even though it's two dudes. Whereas Master P has all these people and it's a posse album, if that makes sense. Right, right, exactly. That's what my, my point I was saying uh, earlier. It's like a rapper's rapper's album. It's a it's an album that, um, let's say, someone that was trying to expand or get a, to, to gain a skill set can actually... You can appreciate it for the rhyme schemes, the voices he's using, the samples. Because I, I mean, that's another thing. I really do like the samples when they use... What's that cartoon? Ghost? Space Ghost? I think they used a sample from that to in the introduction and things like that. But the the whole, the whole time I listen to this album, I compare it... Like, I watch a lot of movies. I compared it to something like um, Harmony Korine, who does... He's, like, very experimental filmmaker. And his movies aren't... There's no coherent storyline, but you can appreciate the visuals and all like that. You know what I mean? And there's things to take away from it. And um, so that's how I relate it with Mad Villainy. Because it's so intricate, you mentioned he's, like, a rapper's rapper, which... I mean, the rhyme schemes are crazy, but there's even a fantastic clip of Mos Def, who is like an uh, alternative rapper as well, in the studio, and he's just like rolling up smokes and talking to his friends, and he's just gushing about MF Doom, and it's so funny, like, seeing this rapper be such a stan of, a, of another rapper. He rhymes as, as weird as I feel. I don't know if that makes any sense, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I swear to God, when I got that, when I saw that Mad Villain record, I bought it on vinyl. I didn't even have a record player. I bought it on vinyl just to stare at the album. And I stared at it, and I just kept going, I understand it. <laughs> I was like, I get, I understand, I understand. Then he goes on to, like, rap meat grinder word for word. It's it's pretty amazing. So you know he loves it. Yo, when that motherfucker said, chipping off the beat, kind of dripping off the meat grinder, heat nine is stripping, pimping, so sweet, minor china was a neat sign of uh, trouble with the script, digits, double dip, bubble lip, subtle list, midget. We've reached the end of the quote-unquote good side, so now we move to the quote-unquote bad side of Master P's album, even though we're like 50 minutes into this podcast, we're about halfway through this album. Yeah. Ghetto Honey comes on, it's a really like left-field Spanish guitar ladies track featuring Teresa Esclavan, who also never did much besides this, I don't think. Surely this be belongs on the good side, right? It's a romantic track about your Ghetto Honey. It's, there's some much softer, more sentimental tracks on this. I didn't understand what was this was doing on a bad side, so... As a concept, it fails. The song itself is fine, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like the 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 track listing is um, it's it's oddly put together. I just don't understand because um, you would figure it would probably follow more of the f um, formula, like as you mentioned, like Nelly, like sweatsuit. Like one side has all like the I want to say girl tracks, but like kind of the softer side, the honey tracks and things like that. And then the other side's uh, like kind of those party or even crunk songs and stuff. But, um, That's what makes it weird, is he has both elements. He has the R&B tracks and he has the rap tracks. He just didn't put them on the right side. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. One thing I wanted to say, it's interesting comparing the two guys, because for a long time I didn't know um, uh, MF Doom was English, right? He's from Britain? or Yeah, but he's like, he was born there, but I think he grew up in Brooklyn. So 
Oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, it's interesting because on, you know, listening to, um, you know, his album and going through it and with everything that he's, uh, I, I say reaching for, but he's going for this kind of high art concept. Like I didn't, maybe I didn't pay attention to it, but I didn't hear too many curse words or like, you know, um, like for instance, like the uh, the use of the word "dinka" on the track, whereas like Master P, it's all like pretty um, hood. Get even that first track, he's just like dropping the N word over and over again. So, and whole time listening to this, I was wondering, who do you think says the word "nigga" more? Like, is it Master P or uh, Eddie McGuire from uh, the <laughs> Collingwood Football Club? That's a hell of a question, Pedro. I think we have to pose it to our listeners. <laughs> yes. Feel free to uh, answer, listeners. Let us know. Oh, God. All right. There are so many wonderful tracks on Mad Villain, for me at least. I want to skip forward to one of my favorite tracks. Probably my favorite track is Fancy Clown. It's mm. MF Doom rapping from the perspective of his alter ego, Victor Vaughn, which he has released albums underneath. It's him rapping as another person, rapping as if his ex-girlfriend cheated on him with MF Doom. Does that, are, we, mm. are we clear? Yes. It's a wonderful song about betrayal and, and the end of a relationship, and the song's title comes from the lyric of ZZ Hill's That Ain't The Way You Make Love. You've been tripping around uptown When some fancy clowns I just really love this song, the verse. Now you apologize, that's what they all say. You wasn't sorry when you sucked him off in the hallway, but have it your way. Raw, no foreplay. That's you if you want to do to wear a mask all day. Oh my god. Mm. So good, but I think the, the actual the winner here is the beat and the sample underneath of the, the fancy clown sample is wonderful. Yeah, so now with this character, like I said, I'm not too familiar with him. Does he do this often? Like he'll do uh, Victor Vaughn, you know, in uh, other albums like a lot or is it just kind of um, yeah it, it comes in and out because he he's that thing of sometimes when he's performing on stage he'll use body doubles or stunt doubles he won't actually be performing oh he, really he's very okay. very private person which is why when he unfortunately passed away people didn't find out for months until they announced it because he's such a, a private person and no one really sees him without his mask or anything like that um so the the whole alter ego thing of you know, releasing at at this point, two thousand and four, he's released three albums in the past two years under different pseudonyms. So, um, his earliest work, when he went by the name Zev Love X, I believe it was his name, uh, with KMD, which he did with his brother in a little a rap trio, and his brother died in a car accident, so he sort of went into hiding and he reemerged as MF Doom. Um, and that, so if you listen to that, which would have came out mid nineties, maybe or, or late nineties sounds so different sounds much more traditional rap there's hooks and stuff and it's like boom bap new york style you right. know stuff like that and they have some fantastic songs linky linky splicey splicey so in, in that sense this pseudonym thing is maybe him trying to get away from the spotlight and also maybe coping with the music industry at large or whatever yeah yeah definitely and with this track i can definitely hear that boom back kind of style um it, it sounds like something produced by ninth wonder or something like that um um yeah i do like the beat it's 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 a it's a really good good instrumental and that's the thing about this album that i would commend a lot the instrumentals the beats 
don't all sound the same. Whereas a Master P album, it, it gets it gets repetitive a lot. There, there are more, as I mentioned, the sentimental tracks. Ride For You is another one. Um, and also We Like Them Girls, which yeah. in particular really gave me the shits because Silk the Shocker just lifted ice cubes. It was a good day for the start of his verse. Fuck, that pissed me yeah. off. I don't know why. Um, and I like Silk the Shocker. I've actually listened to his stuff. And he did the theme music for WWE Superstar MVP for all you wrestling fans out there. But okay. not only does this bad side start to drag, it's the, the more sentimental, slower boring tracks i guess they aren't the hype tracks so it's weird because you're listening to this album you listen to the start and you get so hype and then he brings you the mood right back down and sort of puts you into a lull which i thought i don't know i don't know if that was the right way to do it you know you you can't start at fucking a hundred you can't start at cocaine and then end (laughs) up at nyquil you know he started at lil john there's only down to go from there well you didn't grow up in Louisiana, so maybe this is kind of the musical equivalent to lean, as they would say, uh, or that syrup. That you know lean, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, you get hyped up, and then you do a, 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 a two-liter, two-liter uh, uh, bottle of uh, it's like cough syrup and like soda, isn't it? And like, and maybe some Jolly Ranchers in there and stuff like that. Yeah, and you just listen uh, to this album. Yeah, pro- promethazine. Um, Sprite or Fanta, and then Jolly Ranchers dissolved. Yeah, I mean, I've heard. Sprite. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, another yeah. one and done is Suya's guest verse on If. Is that is, this is the only track she ever did? So I'm beginning to think: Are these like girls that Master P just had around the studio that maybe he was like hooking up with, or they were friends? Oh, and then he's just bringing onto these tracks because, like, this is their only credit ever. Um, I th- yeah, I think if you're around Master P, you can get a a, a record deal. Just like, be like, hey, I can his rap. Uber Eats that weekend. You know, you're on the track. Exactly, and then you go, and you're on, and you have an album due out in two weeks. This if song is a hilariously soft song for the bad side. I ain't checking you, shorty, but something I need to know. How serious this relationship is and how far it can go. Like, you can't put this song on the bad side. That's the softest shit I've ever heard. And even with this, what's it, how do you pronounce it? Soya or Suya? Suya? Uh, I don't know, man. Because at first, when I was looking at the title track, I thought it was like Soja, because I thought it was going to be a play on like the whole, you know, No Limit Soldier kind of thing. But whatever. It, it's, it reminds me of just kind of a track... I don't, I don't know, even back to that 50 Cent thing of... Um, oh, yeah, 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 21 questions. Yeah, like 21 questions where it's just like, if I did this, would you have my back? If I was arrested, would you have my back? If I did this, the would difference I is, have that's my a back? fucking good song. <laughs> I still exactly. like that song. Yeah. And it has Nate Dog, Nate, uh, Nate Dog on it, so it's like terrific. But yeah, it, it, it really reminded me of just that kind of formula where you're asking a girl... Do you have my back if I do this? If I go to jail, can my can I count on he you? He does and, have the fucking line of the double album with "Can a thug get a massage if I needed your hands?" Uh, <laughs> that got me right in the <laughs> right in the gonads. Yes. <laughs> look, I, look, I don't really want to gush too much more about Mad Mad Villainy, but like the the ending trio of songs, I love all caps, fantastic beats, and Rhinestone Cowboy is a, a wonderful. Uh, sort of almost melancholic end to the album. Um, I did like how it ended with that song, Rhinestone. Really, really good, good finish to the album. I could gush about these albums. That's the thing. It is a you'd have to listen to it a couple times to pick up all the nuances. And don't go in expecting songs. Go in expecting music. Is that is that you know you're going to expect moments, moments, and moments and snatches of greatness and verses. Um, all right. But it's, I, I understand it's not for everyone, but. The critics agree with me, Pedro. <laughs> they don't like. They don't like this Master P album. They like Mad Villainy. Uh, did you have anything else? Anything I missed? Uh, any any standout Romeo or Master P moments? 
Oh, no, not really. I mean, like I, I, I said what was kind of what I expected from a Master P album and uh, kind of what I expected from an MF Doom. There was moments that um, surprised me on both on, on both sides. Um, but um, yeah, um, um, it, was a, it was it was just an, it was interesting to listen to. It was just I wish both albums were just a little way, not a little, but way more shorter. And I think I would have appreciated them both more. Let's take it to the breakdown. Pedro, I'm going to come off on the record and say I enjoyed this Master P album much, much more than I thought I would. Honestly, if he cut 30 minutes off the album, didn't do this double album nonsense... And just stuck to the hard, clean thing. It would be a nice, enjoyable little antique album that I would put alongside, you know, um, Country Grammar or something. Mm. Or I guess Nellyville would have been more more this time period. For me, Mad Villainy, one of the best hip-hop albums of all time. Yeah, I said it. Uh, but <laughs> w- w- what's your take on, on both of these? Interestingly, we talk about the successes of, of relative albums. Came out on exactly the same day. Well, in the independent, because both of these albums are independent, they don't have the, the promotion and exposure that a, a major label release would. Um, on the independent Billboard charts, Master P's Good Side, Bad Side went to number one, while Mad Villainy only went to number ten. So actually, Master P was more successful here, but uh, perhaps in hindsight, not as critically successful. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, it's probably a lot of people probably forgot that Master P was um, even out. I mean, how'd you listen to this album, the Master P album? Uh, Did you find it? So I know it wasn't on it wasn't on streaming services, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I did the I did the ghetto the ghetto honey way, as he would say, where I just listened to each individual song on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, which is just how Master P wants to you to listen to his album, The Ghetto Way, as well. As a result, a lot of these like fifty second skits were missing. So like I yeah. I wasn't gonna buy the album to listen to the fucking skits. That's for sure. No. So I apologize if we didn't do it justice, but. That shit was never going to happen. Yeah, and also in the history of the show, um, I know that you experienced it with I. Whenever an album is not on streaming services and we have to find it on YouTube or some other type of uh, avenue, it tends not to be good. Yeah. So, Fuck you, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, yeah, in relation to uh, both albums, yeah, I mean, the Master P album, I went into it with some nostalgia it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, it's not great for sure. Um, if he would have stuck to kind of, you know what, if he would have been a little more f- formulaic and say, okay, this track is going to be this and this track is going to be the crunk song and then we do a personal track and then kind of do the girl track and, and like you're right, cut, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes out of the album. I think I would appreciate it a little bit more. And then with uh, Mad Villainy, I didn't hate it. I would say that I didn't hate it. I don't know if I'll ever go listen to this album again. I might go listen to other stuff from MF Doom, um, particularly the ones that. What was that? Uh, uh, was it Death Dead Mouse that you were saying he worked with? <laughs> no, not Dead Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse. Excuse yeah, me. Dead Mouse is very yeah. different. Um, yeah, the Mouse and the Mask. Man, I'll link. I'll link you all this stuff, and I would implore people to check it out. But this is this is like jumping into fucking Guernica. You know, or, or or the Mona Lisa when you should be jumping into you know, uh, baby's first paint by numbers. You know, it's it's very yeah, yeah. it's this very dense. But I would also say, man, give it one more listen, give it one more go around, and just just follow along the lyrics and and pick up what they're putting down because it it's a really good album. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I know that okay. I know 
I, I always hate people that are like, oh no, this this TV show gets really good ten episodes in. I fucking hate right. that. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but this album is is really good on repeated listens. Okay, so I, I will I will go uh, listen to it again, and I, I'm, I'm but I think I will venture out into other uh, his other works and then come back to it, and uh, I probably appreciate it a lot more as well. Uh, you know what we got to do? Pick a track. Which which should, should I start off first? I'll, I'll do Master P because we have some. Him and I have some uh, history together. Off of the Master P album, man, I'm going to say I like Why They Want to Wish Me Death, but I feel like that was too much of a 50 Cent song. So I'm going to say Let Him Go. I just think it's it's more of his kind of old school style. He's using some of that slang that he used to do in records like The Last Dawn, or I got the hookup soundtrack or ghetto D and it has a message, uh, you know, masterpiece telling you, Hey, if that person's not for you, you got to let them go. So, um, I, I really appreciate that. And then with, um, Matt Vinley, my favorite song was, is it Figaro? I like Figaro. that. Track- Figaro is a very nice song. Yeah. Track 14. I really, really like that. Um, I like the, the sample from Dr. Lonnie Smith in the beginning. Um, yeah, I just thought that was that was the hottest track, and I would recommend uh, people to listen to that. I'm going to go with Master P. I really enjoyed this, which makes me think I would actually enjoy No Limit Soldier's peak. Like, I'm talking like, well, I guess like 97, 98. I would really enjoy that, right? Like, because it's a, he's one of those guys where it's, I'm all, you've got to be happy for him because he didn't need to keep making music. You know, a lot of these guys like DMX would still make music and put it up because he needed the money, whereas Master P was obviously very successful. So after he got uh, reached a certain level of fame, much like 50 Cent, you don't need to make you know music anymore. Nelly didn't need to make music after Hot In Here, really, right. because he had made so much money. So that's why we haven't really heard of Master P, I assume, after the, after the early 2000s. Uh, so on that note, I'm going to go with something that is a lot of fun, has his brother on it via prison. Uh, is it's Weed and Boys or Who Dem Boys? I think Weed and Boys is the Wiz Khalifa song. Who Dem Boys, really great song, and maybe a little bit dated and corny, but I really liked it. And uh, I mentioned it also. Um, yeah, actually, for for Mad Villainy, I'm gonna go with All Caps because that's the classic. I think uh, Mad Villain song, all caps when you spell the man's name, and the sample, which I think is off a TV show Ironside or something, is wonderful mm-hmm. as well. I implore everyone to check it out. Um, rest in power, Mr. MF Doom, Daniel Dumoulay, yes. a.k.a. a thousand different pseudonyms. That does it, man. Uh, I hope you have a successful next five days of hell when we're living in lockdown. <laughs> Thank you, and I wish you the, the same as well. I hope uh, to see you out on the other side. We love you all. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.